father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is episode 209, and we're very fortunate today we have Coach Stephen Mackey. He's the founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development. Mackey has spent the last 13 years helping athletes and coaches connect the dots between sports and the game of life. From locker rooms to event stages, Stephen Mackey, Two Words Character Development, brings an empowering, inspiring, and equipping message to audiences of all backgrounds. Biracial and born to a teenage mother, <clears throat> Mackie, as he is better known, beat the odds to become a first-generation college graduate, Bachelor of Science, Texas A&M University in 2007. Character development coach, motivational speaker, and most importantly, husband and daddy. Drawing from his own life and stories of people he meets across the country, Mackey has an uncanny ability to authentically connect with his audience through humor, wisdom, and passion, and usher them to the next level of character and performance. Despite the odds being stacked against him, Mackey's life was changed by the family, coaches, and mentors in his life, who challenged him to take responsibility period for his life. This single challenge has fueled everything Mackey has done in his life and is the foundation of his work today. On almost any given day, you can find Mackey in a locker room, school auditorium, or event stage, challenging and equipping people to take responsibility and change their lives. His deep commitment to forging a legacy of service for his family and fueling their generosity for generations to come drives him to give over 275 speeches a year and patiently pursuing the goal of having over 1 million student athletes, coaches, and parents uses two words character development curriculum www.twowords.tv each week. Whatever you, whatever your event, you can be sure that when Mackie speaks, people listen and lives are changed. We're so excited uh, to be talking with uh, Stephen Mackie. I mean, I'm just fired up. I heard so many of his videos and so forth. Uh, his two-word messages are awesome. I have already stolen quite a few of them. So uh, let's welcome Stephen Mackie. 
All right, coaches, welcome to uh, episode 209 of the Championship Vision podcast, Zoomcast. Uh, this is a great honor. I'm ready to be, I'm ready to get inspired here. We got uh, Stephen Mackey, who is the founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development. Uh, he's going to share his story and what he is doing on motivating players, teams. Um, I have, I, I just, you know, I've heard a lot of his uh, great motivational speeches, and I'm already fired up. I want to hear more. So uh, let's welcome uh, Stephen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Coach. I'm glad to be here with you. Absolutely. Hey, I want you to share your story uh, on how you have uh, transformed yourself into a motivational messenger. That's a, those are the best two words that I have for you. Um, <laughs> kind of share your story of how you got into this. Oh, sure, man. You know, there's a lot of a lot of dope dealers in the world, and I'm just trying to be a hope dealer. And so, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I like uh, a lot of kids who grew up in Texas. Uh, I had big goals and big dreams, right? You, you come down to Texas and it's go big or go big. And so I had big dreams in high school. I wanted to be the first in my family to graduate from college and get that four-year degree. Uh, but when I was in seventh grade, coach, my, my goals and my dreams, they were a little bit smaller, but they were equally audacious. When I was in seventh grade, I wanted Diana Davis and Lisa Gorisky to know that I existed. And I thought that if I were good at football, the ladies would notice me. And so I, I remember the first day of seventh grade, I stepped onto the field. I was clicked up, strapped up and ready to go. I had the neck roll, the hip pads, the old school ones. Coach came up to the middle of your ribs. You had to have that Boy Scout nodding badge to get the belt all the way through like Nike's yeah. Land Sharks black on white, and I got out there, coach, and I was just dominating the day, biggest kid on the field, right? I was mono mono man-on-man, bull in the ring, you name it. I was J.J. Swatton. Folks for J.J. Watt was J.J. Swatton. And my plan, it was, go it was going perfect until I got to the end of practice, coach, and my coach blew his whistle, and he said four words that would ruin my life. He blew that whistle. You already know what they were. He said, get on the line. Five. It's time to run sprints. And I thought, oh, no, my man must be mistaken. Cross country, they run. Basketball, they run. In football, we smash heads. We don't have to run sprints. I said, Coach, you got to be mistaken. I just got to be bigger than the guy across from me to be successful at football. So I got that all locked. Let's go down to McDonald's and get some chicken McNuggets, twice the barbecue sauce. And uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry, as you can imagine, he let me know just how mistaken I was. And in that moment, he gave me a choice. It was a choice that would change my life. He said, son, you can get on that line and run sprints, or you can take your helmet off and quit. The choice is yours. Hmm. And in that moment, my coach, he loved me enough to tell me the truth, to not lower the standard uh, because I thought the standard was too high. But in that moment, coach, I made a choice. I chose to take my helmet off and quit. I chose to quit football the first day of seventh grade. And when I did, I stepped into the very worst day, worst year of my life. I'd have no direction, no purpose, no meaning. Uh, would there be a lot of nights where I'd stay up late and watch a ceiling fan go around and around and around and think there's got to be more to life than this. When I stepped off that field, uh, not only did I step into the worst year of my life, but I took a step towards becoming the failure uh, that a lot of people said that I would be. Because, Coach, uh, what you might not or your listeners might not know about me is that I was born to a teenage mother. Mom, 16 years old, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. My father was an older black man, and we lived in a small Texas town where racism was far from gone. 
And so person after person, statistician, researcher, racist alike would look at me and say, that boy uh, will never make it. Predict I'd be less likely to graduate from high school, go to college, uh, be more likely to be arrested by my 18th birthday, father a child out of wedlock, and live a life of poverty. And so that day, I took the step when I stepped off that field towards proving them right. But I got to the end of that year, and I had a coach, taught seventh grade Texas history. One day he called me out in the way that only a coach can call you out. He said, son, you're the biggest kid in school. Why don't you run sprints? Uh, why don't you play football? And I said, because y'all run sprints. I started making up excuses, you know, this, that, and the other. And he said, listen, he said, you're going to forfeit the rest of your life because you're too afraid to move past your past. You're too afraid to move past that fear, past that failure, past that bad choice. It's going to cost you the rest of your life, but it doesn't have to be that way. My coach in that moment, he gave me a second chance. And he taught me what to do with it. So I didn't do the same thing on the second time that I did on the first. Coach, that second chance changed my life. Uh, and it's not because my family wasn't there. My family was great. They sacrificed every day for me. It wasn't because I didn't have great teachers or great counselors. It takes a village to raise a child. What changed my life was that when a coach gave me that second chance, he gave me a classroom, he gave me a laboratory in athletics to begin to take all of the things that I was learning from family and counselor and faith group to put all of that into practice towards the goal, winning a game. And they began to teach me the, these long shelf life skill sets, discipline, attitude, effort, commitment, attention to detail, work ethic, um, a sense of, of, of personal code and ethos. They, they be, my coaches began to teach me that through the game of sports. And then they said, look, if you can get it in sports, you can get it in the classroom. Get in the classroom, get in the hallway. Get in the hallway, you can get it in the game of life. You know, life, man, you can be unstoppable. And so, Coach, as I, as I go, how did I get here? I look back on the moments that my middle school coach and my high school coaches taught me how to play beyond the game. They taught me the long shelf life skill sets that made me successful on the field. I love to win, Coach. I slam dunk on my eight-year-old. No questions asked. I love to win. <laughs> That's right. But they taught me how to win not just on the field but in life. And because of that, I am who I am today. Because of that, my family history has been changed. Not a single thing people predicted would be true of me ever came true. First in my family to graduate from college with a four-year degree. Got that master's degree. Working on a doctorate degree. They can call me Dr. Mackey by the time I'm 40. Said I'd be arrested by my 18th birthday. Never seen the backseat of a police car. And today, through two words, we get to character development. We get to speak to over 400,000 athletes every single week. Wow. Said a father, a child out of wedlock. And the only woman I've ever slept with is my bride. And we got four beautiful kids. Not a day one I regret waiting for her. They said I live a life of poverty. My family will never know. Spiritual or emotional or financial poverty. Never going to be a day that my kids are going to question if there's going to be food on the table, clothes on their back, or a roof over their head. Wow. Never a day my wife is going to question if I'm going to be faithful to her. Because March 5th, 2011, I gave my bride my word that I would be faithful, that I would protect her and lead her and provide for her, be an exemplar for our family. And I'm a man of my word. I learned how to do that in the game of athletics. And so I'm passionate today about helping coaches help kids 
go beyond the game because my coach helped me go beyond the game and it changed my life. And so today I get to wake up every day and, and help coaches and athletes connect the dots between sports and life. That was well said, Coach. And I, and you were very, you're one of the fortunate ones, right, Stephen, that you had a coach that mentored you and took the time for you. Not all athletes have that opportunity. Not all kids have that. Is that something that's really missing? Is that why you're attacking this and ready to shape people's lives or coaches' lives? You know, there's some, there's some great groups that are working to bring more people into the coaching fold. I believe that the coach is the most important profession in America today. You think about this. 15 million high school students in America, 8 million of them play sports, right? I mean, that tells me tomorrow's leaders are built in today's locker rooms, that we need coaches who will go beyond the game. Not the, not the person that you see on viral Twitter book videos. They're out there in their flip-flops and they got a whistle on and they're yelling, screaming at a seven-year-old like they're, you know, sure. Bob Knight or something, you know. But, but folks that, that recognize that athletics is a vehicle not just to get out of something, but to become someone. You think about athletics as one of the last classrooms where, uh, this, where, it, where it doesn't get easier to be successful. It keeps getting harder. The standard is the standard, right? You say it all the time, the film doesn't lie. The weights, they don't lie. Mm -hmm. uh, you, can't, you can't lie to film. Um, the standard is the standard. Where else um, but on a team? Uh, does a high school student today get taught the values uh, of, like, uh, of this? You never lose helping someone win. Where else is, is, it, is it not only acceptable, but it's celebrated uh, to say, I would rather give up what's best for me. I'd rather lose for me if it means we can win for the team. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of places we have that. And so, you know, I think about the Texas A&M Coaching Academy. They're doing some great things. And Coach, that'd be a great uh, – Dr. John Thornton would be a great guest for you to connect with. They're doing some great things to connect veterans and to help them transition from serving into the coaching profession. Uh, working with, with the Texas High School Coaches Association, uh, Coach Joe Martin and Glenn West, um, they do a phenomenal job of advocating for coaches and kids. Uh, the academy, coaching academy, and the association are working together to mentor young coaches who are in urban settings. They see that, that there is a, a different retention rate in urban settings than in others. And so they're working hard, and, and, and we need people like that. And we need as coaches get into the profession to recognize uh, that what you do is much bigger than winning a game. We're talking about winning lives. Uh, and to me, that's the, that's the goal. That's the mission. I want you to, I want you to be good, right? You, you got to know the X's and O's, right? If you don't know the X's and O's, you don't need the job, right? Um, we keep score for a reason. So you got to want to win. Um, but I just don't want us to win, stop at winning at the scoreboard. I want us to win in, in the game of life. Yeah, and really, right, Stephen, there, there's, more, there, there's more than just one dimension of coaching, right? There's the environment, there's the spiritual, there's, I mean, there's cycle. I mean, 
So we have to we have to have a system like with your curriculum, your two word curriculum. I want you to explain your mission statement. I absolutely love it because it's like you're saying it's more than just the physical side, the wins and so forth. There's a lot of other factors involved, correct? No, no doubt. Now you think about this, and and again, like I said, I, I love to win, but I, I've just come to recognize that uh, better people make better athletes. Um, and if you want to win championship games, you got to have championship people. And so what we do at Two Words is, is we walk through uh, what we call our six pillars, right? Uh, growth mindset, grit, uh, goal setting, personal code. Who I am is more important than just what I do. Um, that sense of ethos. Um, work ethic, I'm talking blue collar, like you could be more talented than me, uh, but I'm going to run out of breath and die over before you outwork me in servant leadership. When we use those six things, because what we found is we've talked with coaches you know, across the state and across the country, is that with those six umbrellas, no matter what your ism is, you're a tough people win kind of guy, TPW, right? we're talking about work ethic, no matter what your thing is, it'll fit under one of those umbrellas. And as we think about those things, just talk about servant leadership. In all of these, you know, obviously there are champions, both academically uh, in the more popular professional development, leadership development spaces, there are champions for all of these. Uh, and so what, I, what we wanna do is we wanna take the very best academic research, the very best that's out there, and we want to translate that into language a high school athlete can use. Let's talk about servant leadership as an example. You know, I might ask a student, who's your MVP? Who's your most valuable person in your life? Because you see, when we start to treat others like they're the most valuable, like things change, right? Uh, you know, if, uh, you know, your neighbor, knocks on your door, you're going to have a different reaction uh, than, say, if uh, Bill Belichick knocked on your door or if LeBron James walks up, knock on your door. You're going to have a different reaction because you're going to value that person a little bit different. You see, the more that we value somebody, the better that we treat them. The more that we value somebody, the more attention that we give them. All of a sudden, we're not multitasking. I've got my phone, my face in my phone, and my voice to you. Right. Well, I know I value you, so I'm going to put my phone to the side and I'm going I'm to engage you with my face. Now, as we start thinking about if we have a team of individuals who looks at the person on their right and on their left and says, you know what, you're the most valuable person in my life for the next two hours. And so that means I'm going to give you my full focus. That means I'm going to give you my best effort. That means I'm going to give you the very best of me for the best of you. Are you going to tell me that at the end of two hours at that practice that y'all aren't going to get more work done than if somebody sat there and said, you know what, this is all about me. I'm only going to give my best to drills that I think make me better. When we're working on something that isn't my position or in my rotation or something I'm really good at, I'm going to check out. Well, they're going to miss out. You see, it's so like these things, they start there, but they continue so much further. And I'm just convinced that the more that we invest in the person, 
the more that they as individuals will invest in the program. And that cycle then not only increases the buy-in and the willing, the, the work quality of work, but it, it ultimately, it changes the outcome. Yeah, I love that. And, and I tell you what, I'm motivated because you guys have a curriculum. Now, Stephen, we all want to do, I as a coach want to motivate my, my players, but I need a system, correct? I think most coaches want to do all that. They'll pick things out of YouTube. I think what you have done, which I absolutely love, it's an organized curriculum where you can pick out I think what you do is you have a, certain, a weekly goal and so forth for the coaches. Um, that's what I love. That's why curriculum is important, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And so you nailed it on the head in that I, I just default to believe that coaches want to coach beyond the game, that uh -huh. they want to have that impact. But, but as a coach, and you know this so well, you wear 47 different hats. That's right. You, <laughs> like if, if all you had to do is call X's and O's and, and, uh, and, and call the winning play, and then you'd win every game. You'd be undefeated. Uh, but what do you, you've got to do laundry. And now, in 2020, you're, you're, a, uh, you're a paraprofessional medical professional. You're running COVID checks, and you've got protocols, and you're driving buses, and you've got classroom responsibility. And then, uh, you know, Johnny, He's a junior. Uh, he got his first girlfriend. He thought it was never going to happen. They were going to fall in love and never break up. And she broke up with him two days later. He's heartbroken. I mean, puppy love feels like love to a puppy. And so, you know, you're having to be a counselor and a dad and a father, all these things, right? And then what ends up happening is coaches will say, well, they're going to, they're going, they'll, uh, we'll, we build character by the way we coach them. And, and I want to believe that, that is, that's better than nothing, um, but it's, it's not what kids deserve. And so we sat down and we just said, how can we make this as simple as possible, a done-for-you program for coaches that if they have something, you, you're a go-getter. You, you, you're looking for YouTube videos and books and things. If they have something, then let what we have amplify what they already do, make it a little bit easier. But if they have nothing, then this is a done-for-you program. And so uh, what we say is we, this is a program that is designed for coaches but written for athletes. And, and what I mean by that is our program can be done in 12 minutes a week, right? As little as 12 minutes a week. And all you have to do to do that is you press play on a video and you read a quote a day every day. And you just talk about it each day. And you do that, press play on a video and read a quote of the day that we give you it's 12 minutes a week of intention, 36 weeks a year of intentioned development, right? It sets a theme. Each week we give you two words. That becomes a theme or a mnemonic for the week, which you can break the huddle out with. You can talk about it while you're in the weight room or doing conditioning, right? We talk about sacrifice. Sacrifice required, and so let's run some conditioning. We want to be successful on Tuesday night, sacrifice required. So let's do this drill again and raise the standard. Sacrifice required, you got to work as hard at chemistry as you do on the court. And then beyond that, we give coaches a, a, a lesson, a one-page lesson each week that gives you three things to be on the lookout for. And think of this as a weekly staff development that if you see – uh, one of these three things, call it out, 
and it'll reinforce the character trait of the week, right? You don't have to change your practice schedule. You don't have to go into the classroom and have a kumbaya. If you see it, call it out. Beyond that, if you want to develop your athletes further, we have a leadership section, a personal development section, and then we have a family section where each one of those, we ask the following question. How, in light of the character trait of the week, can we teach our students to be leaders, right? We don't just want to give them a title, right? We want to equip them with the action. How do they lead in light of this character trait? How do they reach their goals in light of this character trait? Why does it pay to have character? And then for mom and dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, we actually give them a free login where they can watch the video you showed in the locker room at home. And then uh, we give them an encouragement and five questions to talk about. We call it the best five uh, to keep the conversation going uh, at home in the locker room. Uh, and so as we do this, we do this every week for 36 weeks. And then each year we create 36 new lessons okay. so that as your athletes walk through high school, right, or if they started in seventh grade, they would have, uh, you know, 100 and, 138, 200 plus lessons that they walked through. And what happens is it begins to develop an ethos. You see, coach, I don't just want to do a checkbox. Did we talk about respect? Check. Hey, did we have our, our, um, our, our sexual harassment training? Check. Um, hey, I told you what to do. So now you're going to go do it. No, you see, we turn like a diamond. We turn, we turn it and we look at these aspects of character from, from a different angle. And we apply them. Sometimes we apply them in a leadership context. Other times we apply them in a, in a, uh, a goal setting context. Other times we, we apply them, you know, in a, a servant uh, or, or a perseverance, a grit type context. And we rotate it and look at it in different ways to build an ethos amongst students rather than just checking off competencies. Uh, and so we, th that's, you know, that's the ins and outs of, of the curriculum. And, and we've just put it together in a way that's done for you. Uh, and, and obviously, we, we think that, that, that it's, a, it's a great program. Uh, but any coach could take that same structure and, and do it themselves. Uh, that you would look and say, okay, what is it that I want to be true of my young men or my young women? Who do I want them to become? And then to look, then, and then to begin to ask the question, okay, how can I model it, teach it, test it, and reward it? Model, teach, test, and reward, right? How, can I, how do I model this? It's got to begin with me. Uh, my, my, my friend, Coach Ross Rogers, down in Bryan, Texas, he says, if it's going to be, it starts with me. And as a coach, we, we want to adopt that mentality, right? Before I teach character to my athletes, well, it needs to be true in me. So I need to model it, but I don't want to stop there. Right. Michael Phelps can model for me how to swim. I watch the Olympics every four years and he can hop in and he can win his 10 gold medals or whatever it is. He can model for me how to swim. Best swimmer in the world. But the moment that I jump in the pool, my half black bucket is going to drown to the bottom because nobody ever taught me how to right. swim. Right. So once we model, then we've got to teach it. OK. And and that can that can come in classroom setting that can come in conversations small groups, 
that that can look many different ways. You can teach one lesson in lots of ways, but you have to teach it. But the, the curse of, of being a great coach is that you think you're so good at teaching that once you teach it once, they got it. You, you forget that you're dealing with 17-year-old kids who sometimes do what 17-year-old kids do. And so once you teach it, you have to test it. I don't know that I have integrity until I have the opportunity to lie or to cheat or to cut the corner or to get four reps instead of five. And so we have to test it. And when we test them, if they get it wrong, we got to start back over. Model, teach, test. They didn't get it. We need to reteach it. But when they do get it, we reward it. Because what gets rewarded gets repeated. Uh, And so you could take whatever pillars, uh, whatever it is that you want your athletes to become, and stick it through that model, teach, test, and reward cycle and begin to uh, develop character within that ethos within your athletes. You just put it in a done-for-you package. Yeah, it's a great package. And I got to tell you, Stephen, I'm just thinking here going, not only sport teams, but I I mean, I look at our school. I mean, we need a character package at our school, and we need to be teaching that on a weekly basis in our school curriculum. Is that what you guys are looking to do, or or are you doing that? You know, we we have. We've had uh, some districts ask that very question. Uh, and at first, we, we just encourage them to use the sports curriculum uh, across the campus. Uh, we make that very easy to do. Everything that we, all of our curriculum is, a, is digital, it's online, integrates Schoolology, Google Classroom, Canvas, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we encourage them because the, the lessons that we teach are culturally athletic. You don't, you don't have to play basketball uh, to understand the lessons that, that we talk about, um, though, it, though it helps. Um, and so, but as we kind of begin to do that, we, we got more and more requests. And so we actually took this same model and following the core competencies of social emotional learning, we use this same model uh, for a campus-wide curriculum. And so we, we've got a 36-week version that uh, is for secondary campuses and, and it follows all the things that we've talked about, but rather than being sports-specific, it is, uh, you know, more generic to the high school. Uh, and we are product development uh, for an elementary. My kid, yeah, so my, my son is eight. And so I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to begin to kind of work on some things for the elementary school as well. Absolutely. You kind of faded out just a little bit there, Coach, but, but you came back. You never gave up. You kind of faded out just <laughs> a little bit. You stayed with it. Um, hey, I got to tell you, I got to give you credit. Um, I played your commitment counts to my fifth grade PE class today, man. Oh, um, how about that? And, and what was interesting, you're gonna, that's what I was talking about. You know, there's, there's overlap there is I asked him, I said, hey, where do you in your life where commitment's so important? And one of the students says, hey, I'm trying to get better grades. And I asked him why. And he says, and I asked him, I know, how are you more committed? He says, well, I'm putting extra time in. He really was detailed on that. It was the best PE class ever by a kid explaining that. And it was due to your video. So it can definitely be used across curriculums. 
gosh, no, no doubt. And isn't it fun when, as an adult, you give a student permission to be the expert? Mm -hmm. And and in that moment when he told you, I want to get better grades, you didn't turn around and say, well, you need to do this, 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 and this. You weren't the expert. You said, well, how are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And you gave him permission to be the expert. And all of a sudden, man, he rose to the occasion. I believe students will rise to the level of expectation that we give them. So bravo to you. Yeah, I thought it was great, and I appreciate you. Uh, and I, I want I want to go into the two words because, man, I already have my I already have my whole season lined up with your two words, Stephen. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> great. And I want you to kind of talk about some of these. And some of these, uh, the one that I really like is, and I I believe in the process. I love your one on dirty jobs. Talk about that. Yeah. So dirty jobs. You know, it's, it's funny how these come together. Um, but you know, I, I really like Mike Rowe and listen to his podcast each week. And he brought up, you know, his old uh, television program, Dirty Jobs. And I was always so intrigued by it because you had these people who were willing to do things that no one else was willing to do. And as a result, they reaped a reward that no one else was qualified for. And as I begin to think about the kind of young men I want to help raise up, the kind of young women I want to help raise up, my kids, and even in myself, I ask the question, what are the dirty jobs of a team? What are the things that people think are beneath them that because they overlook them, they disqualify themselves from, uh, from certain rewards? We started looking and going, you know, I think about seniors. And they go, now I'm finally a senior. Uh, now the freshman can go gather the balls. Now the freshman can go do that. And mm -hmm. I get to sit back and just enjoy the rewards of being older. As if simply getting to the next grade uh, makes you more qualified to lead a team. I said, but what if that senior was willing to do a dirty job? Uh, what if they were willing to say, you know what? I am going to flip the script. And rather than saying, when I become a senior, I become the one who's elevated and, and most celebrated. What if, as a senior, I became the chief servant of the program? That I became, that I, it, with my class, we flipped the script and said, we're going to do the dirties. We're going to go get the balls for the freshmen. We're going to go serve them. What happens is then they become qualified to speak into that freshman's life. They become qualified to hold the standard of tradition. They become qualified to say, that's not how we do it, rather than the coach. They'll begin in the younger generation. So it was just that question, what are the, what are the dirty jobs in, in a program that we can do that will actually qualify us for the thing that we want? Now that senior becomes a leader. They become qualified by doing that job that they maybe someone else might think up oh, that's beneath me. The reaper reward that they otherwise wouldn't got. So that that's how that one came about, and um, and it is it's easy to do hard work when you get celebrated. True. What about when the gym's empty? What about when nobody's watching? That's when the work that's when the work gets dirty. Uh, 
But when you do those dirty jobs, you get qualified for a reward that no one else does. Yeah, and give us a sample uh, of that within a curriculum on uh, how would you, you know, what are some things that our schools are doing to kind of really push forward and teach that concept? Yeah, so, you know, I think about uh, some, some different, different ways. Um, you know, as uh, one of the things that a, a district here in, in Texas has done is they've got two, two different high schools within their district. And so they will, they make it a requirement to do a service project as an individual team so you call it North High and South High. Uh, North basketball and South basketball, each individually are required to go and do a service project. And then North and South basketball um, are required to do a joint service project. And so uh, they're going out and uh, they're putting on free basketball clinics in July before uh, for fifth graders, uh, before the, the school year starts. They're collecting food, shoes. Uh, they are going down to the elementary school and reading to students. Right. You know, and as I think about that, it, it would be easy for a high school student to go to an elementary school kid. Right. When they go, you know, they, they go, what's the point of that? But when you see what happens, they step foot onto campus. They're in their jerseys. They're a foot and a half, two feet taller than the fourth grader. That fourth grader looks up, and what that fourth grader sees is their future. That fourth grader sees is, here's this person that I didn't think could think that I existed, and they're reading me a book. They're spending time with me. Now, all of a sudden, that fourth grader goes, I want to be that when I grow up. I don't just want to be the one that's scoring the points. I want to be like them. Now tradition starts to get built. Now it's not just tradition doesn't start when you're a freshman, but now tradition is starting in the peewees and the boys and girls club, you see. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one example. Um, but, but I also see within a program you know, that every senior has a freshman that they're responsible for. Um, I see uh, 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 seniors staying after the weight room, after the workout, their sweat covered in, in sweat, drenched. They grab the broom and the dustpan and they start sweeping the gym. Right. They grab the cleaner and are wiping down uh, the weight room. I mean, maybe they have custodial staff, but it's to say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to look at this and go, that's your job. I'm going to look at this and go, no, I'm going to take responsibility. I made this dirty. I'm a, I, I have pride in my weight room. The weight room gives me something that I can't get anywhere else. And I want to I wanna show that I want to honor that. Uh, all, you know, all of a sudden, that translates to the kind of people that take their cart back to the pit, <laughs> you know, by the side of their empty.
Hey, coach. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, can yeah, you hear you me? Okay? Yeah, I can, it kind yes, of faded sir. just a little bit. Continue on. I right. uh, I kind of lost you for a second. Yeah, is is there a good spot that I can back up to? Yeah, you were talking about hey, what can what can the athletes do to uh, you know, with, with, particularly like with a young group, how can they show? How can they uh, gain that uh, gain that respect, that trust with really young pee wee type kids, young younger kids? Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll back that up and and I'll just kind of start that section over. Okay. And, and let you splice that in. Okay. Uh, you know, I think about a, a two high school district here in Texas, and they have a service requirement for every program. And so uh, they have it both individually for each, say, basketball at North and basketball at South, but then they have a combined North-South basketball service project. And so, uh, you know, they do everything from collecting shoes and socks for the homeless to um, having a basketball clinic before the school year starts for kids during the, during the summer months. Um, I think of, of one where they would go down and read to the elementary school and they would be there in their jersey, they're geared up, you know, and, and it could be easy for a high school kid to go, man, this doesn't matter. What's the point? I'm just reading Dr. Seuss. You know, what's the big deal? Uh, but as coach begins to cast vision, he goes, no, 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 this isn't about Dr. Seuss. This is about inviting the next generation into our tradition. This is about casting vision for a young kid, for who he could become, for who she could become. And you are going to be the one to give that invitation. You see, we're teaching them to, to be inclusive, to use their influence for the good of others rather than exploiting it for themselves. And what happens is they step foot on campus and those young kids, they're a foot and a half, two feet shorter than the high school athletes. And you, you would think that Dr. Young Woman is reading to them, right? They pick it, right? They have a special section just for the elementary school kids at the game, right? They're there. They honor them on the PA system. We like to welcome in section 14, the Rowdy Rangers from Rudder Elementary. And it's a big night. And we say, you know, and on the PA, you know, we can't wait for you to one day join and come be a part of, you know, whatever. That casts vision. That gives, that gives kids hope. You never know. It could be the smallest thing that a young person holds on to. You talk about that fifth grader who said, I want to do better at my grades. You know, they're going to have every day a reason to doubt themselves. Even in fifth grade, adolescence is expanding. It's starting earlier and it's going later, which means every day, younger and younger, they're getting exposed to things they ought not be exposed to. They're getting exposed to things, to choices that are going to derail them from their future. And any opportunity that we can take to let our high school kids be the hope dealer, to let our high school athletes be the ones that, that cast just a nugget of vision that that young man can hold on to. You know what? 
I want to be like him when I grow up. So I better get my grades right. Gives him something to hold on to, a T-shirt, uh, a program. It's just, it's a small thing. But it's teaching our young people uh, that there is no job beneath them. And more importantly, that they never become uh, so big or so popular or so cool uh, that they can't serve someone else. Uh, you know, one of my, one of my favorite quotes, uh, you know, it says, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. If you're too, if you're too good to serve somebody, then you're not good enough to lead somebody. We're teaching young people that when we give them a chance to go and serve, it's a bonding opportunity. And so, you know, that, that's an example, you know, of a, of a dirty job could be beneath you. But when you do it, it qualifies you for something that otherwise you would disqualify yourself for. You know what's great, though, Steve? In just those two words, you said a lot. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that curriculum is, is I mean, to me, there, there's so many things you can do with it. That's what I love about it. And do you, do you think coaches should take on um, a lot of two-word a lot of two-word sayings, or should they just maybe focus on a few? I know it's kind of a strange question, but what do you think? You know, here is – here's the way I would look at it, is I, I would say that as a coach, you know the context. You know where your kids are at. And so let's say you, you have this team meeting. You bring them in. We, we kind of have a state-of-the-team state type address. Everybody gets to share a little bit of what they're thinking. We ask some questions. We have some conversation. And you invite students to set the theme for the team for that year. Let them do it, right? Uh, they, they're going to, when you let them have that ownership, put their twist on it, right? Let, it, let, the, let them have some of the, the ownership and the branding, okay? And then what two words is going to do is each week we give you two words. And then you're going to use those two words to teach that brand, to teach that, that theme, right? Um, you know, I think about, uh, uh, you know, Coach Farning uh, down at Georgetown High School, a past guest. Uh, you know, they, they talk about, uh, I think it's maybe the Georgetown DNA um, mm -hmm. or maybe the Eagle DNA, something like that. And, uh, and as they do that, um, they can take the two words each week, dirty jobs, sacrifice required, higher standards, real deal. And as we teach the lesson of the two words, as the coach, you're just contextualizing it to this individual theme for the year. We talk about we talk about being the real deal, right? I don't want to be I don't want to be some phony macaroni, right? There ain't no phony in my macaroni. I want to be genuine. I want to be true. What does it mean to be genuine and true to the Georgetown DNA, right? How, how do you you know? Well, if you want to be the real deal, well, you can't be afraid of accountability. Instead, you're willing to be tested by the standard. Our standard is Georgetown DNA. Are you willing to be tested by that standard? We're not lowering it. This is who we are, right? So you're gonna rise to, I'm gonna hold you accountable, right? You wanna be the real deal? You can't be afraid to pay the cost. 
right? You, you got to pay the cost in the classroom, in the hallway, in the weight room, right? You got to pay the cost in fourth quarter. When, when you've run out of bullets, all you do is throw the gun. You ain't got nothing left in you. You got to be willing to pay the cost. That's what it means to have the Georgetown DNA. So you see, as we teach the two words, you are contextualizing it, right? We create, the coach contextualizes. And so uh, that's where what we're doing is a springboard uh, where it, it brings a new facet. I talked about turning the diamond, looking at the same diamond. I'm just looking at it from a different angle. I'm offering a different perspective. I'm another voice that students can hear and welcome in. Uh, and, and at the end you go, you know, look, we've said it this way. Coach Mackey said this, but it's the same thing we've talked about. But maybe because it's a different voice in a different way at a different time, it hits it hits a student in, in the way that they need. Uh, and so so that that's how you know that's how I we've created this to be. Um, it is it, it's you know what it is. Here's a great way to put it. I'm 35, 260 pounds. Coach, at one point I was 330 pounds, big enough and strong enough to pick up a house, but I couldn't run around it. All right. Uh, I've eaten a lot of meals in my life, and I, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember all of them, right? I'm going to celebrate 10 years of marriage this year. My bride has cooked me a lot of meals. I don't remember all of them. There's some I remember. They were big meals. They're, I mean, I remember the food, the, what we wore. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember it. Most of the meals I eat, I don't remember, but I can promise you that I wouldn't be here without them. And in a lot of ways, if you want to develop an ethos, you want to develop character, it's not about the big meal. It's about lunch today. Because when I get lunch today, that gets me to dinner tonight. And dinner tonight gets me to breakfast tomorrow morning, which gets me to lunch the next day. And, and that's character development. It's what do I need right here to help me take that next step? And, you know, it's a different way of thinking about it, uh, but I think it's one that's much more sustainable and it's one that will have a much longer impact. And you have to focus on character development just as much, Stephen, right, as a pull-up jump shot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is that where, is. That's, where do you see some of the issues with coaches? Because what happens though, Stephen, right, is we focus on results as coaches. We start losing a few games. Hey, hey, we don't need to practice the character. We need to practice our zone offense. So is that some of the problems you see? Well, I think it's, I think it's, a, it's that misconception. It's the thought that character or culture is extra. Um, uh, you know, it's the way that, that people, when I have extra, when, when I, when I get to the end of the month and I got some extra money left in my bank account, then I'll save it. And you know what those people say, you know what those people's saving account looks like? <laughs> 0.00, right? Because when you treat it like an afterthought, then you get afterthought type results. But when you go, you know what? If I, if the first thing that I do is I save 
if the first thing that I do is give 10%, then guess what? You're going to have a strong and growing bank account and you're going to be a generous person, right? And then all of a sudden you're going to find that you can make 80% work. You do a lot more with that 80 after you saved, after you gave, than you did with the 100 when you didn't save and you didn't give. That's money. On the court in athletics, when we focus on character first, it becomes the toolbox that holds every other tool. I think about a baseball player. Talk about a, a five-tool player. They can hit. They can feel. They can run. They can do all. The, they can throw. They can do all these things. Basketball. They can do defense. They can play offense. They can shoot. They can guard. They do all these things. Those are tools. Okay. Your character is knowing how to use those tools. When I've got a strong character, I've got a strong work ethic, then I'm going to work really, really hard, which means that when it comes time to work on offense, I'm going to bust my butt on offense. And when it comes to work time on defense, I'm going to bust my butt on defense. And because I'm busting my butt, I'm going to work harder. Because I'm working harder, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get more done in a shorter amount of time because of who I am. When, I, when I'm a servant, when I serve others, right, then I'm going to get more buy-in from people. They're going to follow me, right? When I have integrity, when I am dependable, then all of a sudden, like, you're not going to have to worry about my grades. How many coaches fret every six weeks because of what grades are going to do? <laughs> you got the right character. Your kids are going to be dependable. They're going to handle business in the classroom. That's not an intellect thing. That's a character thing. You can be really, really stupid and pass all of your classes. Right? All you got to do is have effort. Right? That's a character thing. Um, and so oh, my thesis, my argument is simply that when you put character first, everything else will be made better. But when you put everything else first, the X's and O's first, well, you may not develop the characteristics of an individual who are going to do the right things with the X's and O's that you give them. So my encouragement to coaches is put it first. It doesn't take a lot, right? I'm not asking you to give me one day a week. I'm just asking you to put it at the top of your mind, right? I'm asking you to go to value this. As you value it, what'll happen is you'll begin to see the results. It's just, gonna, it's just like everything else. It's going to build momentum, and, and you will see that knowing how to use your tools um, amplifies having the right tools. Yeah, I love that. I think um, what we like to do is we, uh, we do it first thing in practice, like you were saying on that. We have it up on the board. Uh, some of the issues, I think, with coaches – and including myself, because uh, I always look inward and so forth, uh, is we have too much. So we try to do too much. But I think by having that one character trait, even just for a week, I think we can focus on that. And all those character traits will show up in a practice. Correct, Steve? That's it. You I'm got it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's uncanny. It is uncanny uh, the ways in which coaches will, will say to me, dude, this lesson was exactly what we needed this week. 
as as if I'd sent that exact, you, you, you know, uh, and then and then another coach on a different week. That's exactly what we needed. Now, I believe that the reason that that happened is because you focused on it. Mm-hmm. And because you focused on it, you found that it was what you needed. When you focus, you finish. Uh, and, and, and it's also funny the ways in which two different people can listen to the same message and get something totally different, right? It happens all the time. Uh, but what happened is, uh, it's not that I said two different things. It's not that you said two different things. It's that you tuned your eyes and your ears to hear and to see. And you saw what you needed. You heard what you needed to hear because you were open to it. Uh, I think that's the power. But every day of the week is a theme of one of their five core values. Monday's the tough day. So the toughest stuff they do is on Monday. It's toughness. We're going to get tough. Bring the juice. It's energy. We're bringing the energy today. And it's just everything is around it. You're not changing what you're doing. You're just being intentional about it. What happens? Kids bring, they bring the juice. What happens? They get tougher. What happens? They raise the standard. Why? Because you set it for them. And so um, my encouragement to coaches is you don't have to make this rocket science. Um, You you just got to care enough to care um, to to be intentional. We train in the weight room. We train our shots. We train our defense because we want those things to get better. We want our character of our young men and young women to get better. We got to train it. We got to teach it. We got to model it, practice it, test it, reward it. Um, otherwise, it's not going to get better. Yeah, so true. We got to we got to fight for it daily, right, Stephen? I mean, we got to do it every day, and it, it starts with the head coach. All right, we got to take responsibility, right? That's it. That's it. Um, coach, I want to. Hey, who are some of your who are some of your your schools? Give us kind of an example of. Some of your schools, whether it's Division One high school, that are actually utilizing your program, some of the su- successes. Sure, we we are. I'm so I'm so humbled uh, that uh, you know we we speak to about four hundred thousand athletes every week. Um, something like a third of the state of Texas uses the two words character development curriculum, and that's from six A to six man. Um, in the last, uh, you know, last week, uh, was driving through a town. There was a small school. Uh, they played six-man football. Was able to stop and see them uh, and, and speak to them. We had all the right protocols and everything, but was able to speak to them. They're a six-man program. There are 150 kids from seventh grade to 12th grade, and they utilize the curriculum. And then we have a district that has 12 high schools and 14, uh, 21 middle schools and 14,000 athletes in their district. And they utilize the program each week. And so, so humbled uh, by the reach and the, uh, really the uh, trust that coaches have given us. Uh, and, and I would say that you have, you have everything from coaches that only show the video to coaches that spend 30 minutes a day with the curriculum and really everywhere in between. Um, you know, uh, on a shorter end, I know of a program that's a football program. You know, they have a thousand students in their, in their high school. So they're a Texas 4A program. 
they watch the video every Saturday morning after they watch Friday night's film. And that sets the theme for their flush workout, which is the beginning of their new week of competition. That's their rhythm. Uh, uh, another program, a middle school in an urban setting, they show the video every Monday in their pre-athletics class. So it's sixth grade. They're not yet in uh, school competitive sports, but it's a pre-athletics. So they teach them how to keep a locker room. They teach them how to do a laundry clip. All of the kind of basic expectations they'll have when they get into the program. Um, and they start and they show the video on Monday. And then they break up into small groups. And they take 30 minutes every Monday. Show the video. Small groups work through the worksheets. Um, I know of a baseball program. Central Texas, very successful. Uh, they've won a state championship within, uh, within the last five years. Uh, they utilize Google Classroom. So on Monday, coach puts the video and the worksheets in a Google Classroom assignment. Mm -hmm. They have until Thursday to watch the video and answer the questions. Uh, they aren't graded for their answers but they're graded on a completion, on the effort. You know, did you just put some, you know, uh, fluff answer to be, get it done? Or did you think about it? That's what they're graded on. It's a grade for them. And then on Thursday, during athletics, they talk about it. So they aren't watching it during the class. They're not doing the worksheets during the class, but they talk about it. Um, Another program, this is the last example I'll give you. Another program watches the video on Monday. Uh, they take 15 minutes, they watch the video. Coach talks about why that video, why they selected that video for the week. And then each day they do the quote of the day and they have um, one student um, answer a question or two uh, from each worksheet, the leadership worksheet, the goal setting worksheet, and they even do the family worksheet together because uh, th they don't have parents in this area who will do it with them at home. So they do that section together. And then at the end of the week, uh, a student is selected or a group of students are selected to give, uh, to give a speech about what this week's lesson meant to them. And so they're practicing uh, doing uh, public speaking they're having to put together a speech, you know, all of this. And then over the course of the semester, all of the students get to stand up and give their speech. Those are, those are just some ways. I say the only wrong way to do it is to not do it. Right. And, with any of the, and with any of those ideas, you can do that with anything. YouTube videos, book studies, uh, you can do it in anything. They just happen to be doing it with, with the two words character development curriculum. Yeah, and uh, I, I love what you're saying, Coach. I really love it, and I want to get access to it. So uh, my athletic director is going to be contacting you, by the way. He is actually the leadership um, – he's head of the leadership program out here in Greene County, Georgia. And um, I love it. I want to find out more information. I'm going to put you in contact with him. How can us coaches get in contact with you and your resources? 
You bet, Coach. Well, you're, you're very kind, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'll give you this resource for all of your listeners. Um, it's a link, and if you'll click on this link, uh, that it'll, it'll take you to three full weeks of the curriculum. So you get the full video. You get the full workbook. They're downloadable. It'll show you uh, and give you a picture of what the dashboard looks like, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, because we've got a whole dashboard that coaches sign into. As athletic director, they're able to see your usage across the department, uh, hold each other accountable, things like that. Uh, but if you go to twowords.tv slash game plan three, twowords.tv slash game plan three, that's the number two and the number three. You go there, you'll get three full weeks of the curriculum, and that'll give you a great, uh, a great opportunity to experience it. Um, beyond that, I would encourage you to check out the website, twowords.tv, um, and you'll be able to see all about the curriculum. Like I said, we, we've designed this for coaches, so it's very simple. It's not complicated, um, and, and it's written for athletes, and, and, uh, and we're, it's gender sport neutral, and so you'll, you're able to see visually, you're able to hear, and you're able to read uh, guy, girl, all kinds of sports, and, uh, and it's something that, that we're, we're very proud of. Uh, would encourage coaches uh, to check out uh, that. And, of course, you can connect with me and follow me on Twitter, uh, at Mackie Speaks, um, on, on Twitter and Instagram. And then, uh, and then, obviously, they like podcasts. And so we, we host a podcast for coaches uh, as well called Coach 360, where we interview coaches and just try to encourage them. Uh, much like you're doing. And so um, that's, uh, those are the ways that they can connect with us. Steven, I absolutely love it. I think it's a great program, but before you go, I want to tell me about one of my favorite two words that I learned from you is one is after contact. Um, <laughs> I, I just yeah. love that term. I mean, I, I'm going to obviously going to steal that from you, but tell before you go, just kind of tell us about after contact. I love what you were saying about it. Yeah, so it's, it's this great stat in, in football. Uh, it's called the YAC, Yards After Contact. Right. And, and, and anybody, uh, Coach, you or me, we're past our prime. Well, at least I'm going to speak for me. I'm past my prime. Right. But if nobody, if nobody tackles me, nobody tries to bring me down, I could eventually get to the end zone, right? It may be 100 yards. I may, be, I may run a 37-second 100. But if nobody touches me, I could eventually get there. But what happens when the contact comes? What happens when there's opposition? What happens when there's 11 dudes trying to keep you from the end zone? What happens in the game of life when there's disappointment or discouragement or intimidation or doubt or failure or when that mountain just seems so high that, that you run headlong into it, knocks you flat on your – what happens – after contact, how far do you get then? And, and after contact is a, is a mindset that says it's after contact that the work really begins. It's after contact that I find out how tough I am, how much I really want this thing I said that I wanted. Uh, it's after contact that all the real work is done. And, uh, and so sometimes we, we like to put uh, 
you know, bubbles around our kids and protect them and keep them safe and, you know, all of this. And they miss the blessing of a skin knee. Uh, they miss the blessing of getting punched in the face, uh, right? Sometimes you gotta, you gotta get bloody nose just to know how bad you really want it. And so, uh, so that's what After Contact is all about. Uh, it's, it's one, setting that expectation, but then two, talking about how you can press on even after contact. Yeah, I love it. And I, um, and everybody, and let's be honest, Stephen, you have had a lot of contact in your life just from, from studying you. You've gone through a lot in your life and you're still persevering, man, surviving, doing a great job succeeding. So I really admire you, my friend, and I really appreciate you joining me on sharing with us, our listeners on this podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. And, and you know what? Uh, we, we've, all, we've all been punched in the face. Uh, you know, you, 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 your nose gets broken. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it got broken. You know, one way or the other, it still got broken. But, but I believe with all of my heart uh, that every one of us was created on purpose and for a purpose. That there is no accident in you and no accident in me. Um, and that that we're worth the work uh, the day and the more the, when we as coaches we as people can help others especially young people recognize that foundational truth that they are worth the work uh, then that can change everything for them and that's a day well spent that's that's a reason to keep on fighting that sure is. And I love it when you said we are hope dealers. I love that, Coach. I love that, Steve. Yes. Uh, hey, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for coming on. You bet. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank you. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. Hi, this is Kurt Gilsdorf of Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. Uh, Kevin himself is, is always hungry to learn. You can sense that in his podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast. Kevin Furtado, keep up the great work. Coaches, hello. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. I am the director and uh, founder of Championship Vision Podcast. Uh, we are doing our first annual Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Uh, the clinic series is a one-of-a-kind basketball coaching instructional clinic. We'll have the best high school basketball coaches in the country sharing their secrets to their success 
of their programs. We'll have two types of virtual clinics, lecture and on-court instructional. Both of these will be done to provide you the best instructional resources to improve your basketball program. The lecture series will be a Zoomcast instructional <clears throat> program done with the highest of integrity, who will have the best high school basketball coaches in the country giving detailed analysis of their programs. The on-court instruction, this will be recorded videos of specific basketball topics done on court from some of the best high school basketball coaches in America. They will be conducting drills and skills with their players in an on-court instructional setting. All of these great coaches are first class. They are all nationally ranked coaches and programs. <clears throat> the clinics will be available on October 30th, 2020. You can purchase any time before that date. The clinics will be emailed to your address on October 30th. You can also purchase the clinics after October 30th on my website at www.championshipvision.org. Here are some of the clinicians and speakers for the clinic. Coach Lynn Farello, head boys basketball coach at Paul VI High School in Chantilly, Virginia. He was a 2020 nationally ranked program, 12th ranked program on Max Prep. His topic will be building all around players. Coach Tim Hayworth, head boys basketball coach at Mayo High School in Louisville, Kentucky, four-time Kentucky State champions. His topic, zone offensive sets. Coach Rob Buechler, head boys basketball coach, Eastern High School, Sardinia, Ohio. Topic, off-season skill development. Coach Jerry Finkbeiner, former Utah State, Oral Roberts, and Southern Nazarene University women's basketball coach. The topic, the Twilight Zone defense, which he created. Coach Mike DeVilbus, head women's basketball coach, Lewis and Clark State University and Southern Idaho, former Illinois assistant women's basketball coach, former assistant women's basketball coach, Wisconsin Green Bay University, and current athletic director at Lakeland High School in North Idaho. His topic, the buzz defense. Coach Jeff Graham, head girls basketball coach at Bilt High School, Bilt, Montana, six times Montana's girls basketball state champion. His topic, individual workouts and competitive shooting. Coach Gene Durden and his son, Kobe Durden, head girls basketball coach, Buford High School, eight-time Georgia High School state champion. Kobe Durden, assistant girls basketball coach at Buford. The topic, Buford's post-pre-practice drills. Coach Danny Brizard. Head boys basketball coach at St. Thomas More Catholic High School, Lafayette, Louisiana. Career record 1,021 wins and 134 losses. Topics, building a complete program and winning skill development drills. Coach Rhonda Farney, head girls basketball coach at Georgetown High School in Georgetown, Texas. Sixth all-time lead it lists and wins in 1,183. The topic, sustaining success at your program and also the combination press. Coach Joe Lombard, former head girls basketball coach, Canyon High School, Canyon, Texas. 19 state high school state championships in Texas. His topic, full court pressure defense. Coach Stephen Mackey, founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development. Topic, how to develop a character development curriculum at your school. Coach Charlie Miller, 
head coach with Breakthrough Basketball, founder of Attack Basketball Academy, and also Coach Jim Huber, head coach with Breakthrough Basketball, the topic, Holistic Basketball, a unique approach to looking at all aspects of a basketball player, mental, physical, and emotional, and how to integrate all of these in developing a complete basketball player. Coach Jarrett Hunsinger, head girls basketball coach at Boonville High School, and Coach Greg Bisher, head boys basketball coach at La Plata High School in La Plata, Missouri. The topic, the one ball press. Coach Doug Porter, head women's basketball coach, Bethel University, Meshaqua, Indiana. Coach Gary Smith, legendary men's basketball coach at Redlands University in Redlands, California. Topic, coaching the system. Coach Sam Lahudney, Inducted into the Texas Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame in May of 1999. The great basketball coach, three state championships in Texas and seven state runner-up titles at Victoria East High School in Texas. Topic, competitive winning basketball drills. Coach Nicole Dixon, head girls basketball coach, Holy Innocent High School, Atlanta, Georgia. 2020 GHSA State Single A Girls Basketball Champion. Topic, one body, many parts, valuing and empowering coaches and players. And Coach Kevin Furtado, <clears throat> head girls varsity basketball coach at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The topic, transition, offensive drills, and hop shooting technique. So <clears throat> if you want access to these, uh, I will be sending out a link to a Google form sheet. You fill out if you want the complete series, $29.99. And if you want individual uh, clinics, it's $4.99. So you can't beat this. You got some of the best coaches in America. Uh, for this price, it's unbelievable. All Zoom clinics, all recorded clinics for you to view. So, hey, I'm looking forward to um, having you guys contact me, you can contact me at my email address at furtadok57 at gmail.com, or you can call me at 478-461-4403, the Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Stay tuned.